Turned out, uh, learned about today, and yesterday we were uh, we we're going to have Doc Phil on, and it's a good thing that we pushed that to today, so he can break down all of that today. It's Achilles. Look like an Achilles. What does Achilles mean? Did we just witness the final game of Aaron Rodgers' career? Interesting, boy, Derek. If that's the way that Hall of Fame career uh, goes down, the image of of him look like attempting to get up. And then going back down and then rolling, and uh, I've, I'm, I'm seeing a few of those Achilles injuries, and I thought, like everybody else did, that looks like that might be an Achilles. And everybody becomes like an instant doctor. I get it, you know, but uh, yeah, without knowing, uh, that's what it is. It's a, it's a torn Achilles tendon. Uh, Doc Phil will be along about 1240 today. You know, how long? What's the rehab process uh, for you Aaron Rodgers fans out there? Uh, for you Jets fans out there, would you like to see him come back at at forty? You know, is is this out? For, you know, there are a lot of questions surrounding that for for the medical side. Uh, Doc can uh, explain that from the games, from from the football side of things. <laughs> Derek, that's you know, it, a couple of good defenses going at it. There's no question about that between the Bills and the Jets. It, why did the the three interceptions? The what, same guy, same guy, and I'm thinking, boy, does that slide? Let's hope that stat doesn't slide under the radar. Three picks in a game. You're lucky if you get three in an entire season. You've done some things, and three in a game was uh, was incredible. And a fumble, you know. So it was it? You know, again, Jets and Bills and Derek. I don't know if you really have a. Uh, I don't really have a pony in the race there of a Jets and Bills game. It's not. It's a, it's an NFL game, but know? it's why we watched because it was intriguing all the way to the end, it right? Was. I mean, the storylines within the game and within those three hours were amazing. And to your point on that, now you have Zach Wilson after getting maybe a. a it might be worth it for the uh, Jets just the fact that maybe he mentored him into being a, a guy, right? I mean, if, if this is how it ends for him, it would be yeah. just he got to be around Aaron Rodgers like on is. how to quarterback a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if there's any silver lining on this at all, if you're a Jets fan, that might be it. Pass that baton, so to speak. Did you see my uh, post last night? Derek? I missed it. What did you throw out? What on what social on Insta on and tw- uh, tweet on face? Patrick uh, Mahomes. Oh yeah. Joe Burrow. I did see this. Go ahead. Josh Allen. Right. Justin Herbert. Right. Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. They're all 1-1. How about it? So, you know, we talked a lot about Kirk Cousins yesterday, a disappointing loss at home. But, you know, without Aaron Rodgers in there, if you're a Bills fan, you kind of want to win that game. I know it's yeah. on the road. Yeah. And you're facing one of the – probably one of the more underrated defenses in the league. It's I don't a, think there's yeah. any doubt about that. But. Incredible. Uh, Dick Bramer at, at 20 today. The, uh, the other lines of that game, uh, there were a couple. Uh, several years ago, uh, as Derek knows this, in the fall, if I ever had time off, I would I go visit uh, family in in Texas and and in in San Antonio and and um, several years ago, I'm down there and one of the greatest parts of that and we broadcast high school football here and love love high school football. Greatest part of me going back home is when my my brother's boys were playing in in high school. Now they're in college playing football. But they played for Brandeis, the Brandeis Broncos, 6A football in, in San Antonio. And what Texas does, uh, would it be for, for playoffs, not unlike North Dakota or Minnesota, uh, they, they will have a like a whole day of football games in this particular place is the Alamo Dome. So I love to go down to the Alamo Dome, and you just, you're watching just Texas football right. all day long. A guy like you and me, Derek, we'd be there all day just taking in football. 
And and so I'm watching. I'm waiting. Brandeis doesn't play till late. We get there early, and we're watching other teams play. Well, one of those teams is uh, is Lake Travis out of Austin. Great, very good, uh, uh, very proud high school football fan. Mm-hmm. It's another six A team in Lake Travis. So I'm I'm kind of kicking back. I don't really have extreme interest, but you know it's it's high level Texas football because a lot of these kids you're probably going to see on on major colleges. So I remember watching a guy <laughs> that was just getting behind the defense. Catching everything in his, you know, kind of slender high school kid, kind of catching everything in his, his, his that's thrown to him, just impacting the game. And I turned to my brother, and, uh, just kind of quickly pointing, goes, my brother went, oh, yeah, that's Garrett uh, Garrett Wilson. He's uh, he's going to Ohio State. Oh, there you go. And so I remember watching him as a senior in high school going, wow, that kid's something a, special. And then that catch, that catch yesterday, that catch yesterday was the same thing I saw him do in high school that but doing in the NFL, which you, you just don't see that translate. That that catch he had to stop a ball, lift it up, defend it, almost keep it away from a from a corner, and then pop it up, and then while falling down, secure it for a touchdown. Absolutely incredible, and a good young man, I might add. And then the other story is Gibson. If you watched Hard Knocks, uh. The whole bringing an athlete in, it's almost like these stories of, of non-scholarship guys where a coach brings them in, you've seen the video, and then they offer, they maybe have a parent, right. you know, and they offer them a scholarship, but it's an emotional thing. So Xavier Gibson uh, is kind of like this scene in Heart Docs. He, uh, you know, they're showing him in there, and it's, it's that it's that a day of reckoning. You make the team or you're cut. You know, and he's a, he's a young player, Stephen F. Austin, by the way, not a major college and uh, the scene of him, you know, uh, Salah telling him that he is now a New York Jet and he's made the team. It's, it's a neat thing on Hard Knocks. It's great. In his first game, he takes a, a ball back and minus the leg whip that wasn't called, the little kick there. But you know what? That that chapter finished pretty well last night. Yeah. Without that penalty thrown out. They, they missed it. They missed a, you know, a little Well, leg, I'll leg. tell you what, though. I mean, it's easy to look back on it. When that happens in real time in a golf. Didn't look like on, it to me. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell. I mean, I'll. Listen, we don't do this. We don't say this very often in these shows. I'm going to give the referee a little bit of a break there. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's you watch that in real time, not in slow motion. I, I, you could I, never I, guess that. It looks like one guy's no. going down, another guy's jumping over, the other guy flipped. You know, that right, 100%. Kind of, kind of you know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough call at that point. Oh. It's that's, one, that's one's a little bit easier to second guess if you're not looking at it. Uh, let me ask you this. And, and, I, and to those, it... it, it uh, because Rodgers went down, like him or not, and the Jets had the whole game plan for Aaron Rodgers, and Zach Wilson has to come in, and now everything's changed. And they survive, 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 survive. And then, you know, Buffalo kicks a field goal. Bass clangs one off an upright that ricochets and, and, and angles in, and it ties the game. And then, Derek, uh, Buffalo wins the toss. And in overtime, as you understand, you know, that coin toss is still rather large. Um, Buffalo wins a toss, and you're thinking, God, too bad for the Jets. And then they mm-hmm. punt, and of course it happens. Let me ask the question. If you weren't, are you a Jets fan today? Uh, you know, are, are you more, are, are you leaning more? If, if you had no bone in the fight, if you had no feelings whatsoever about the Jets, let's bring this up on KFJ or you're going, eh, I, don't, I didn't know anybody who was, you know, people, Broadway Joe, you know, but Joe, Mont, or, uh, Joe Namath was the uh, was the guy. You know, they, I didn't really grow up with any Jets fans. 
but, but people are like Joe Namath, you know, they, they had whatever. Uh, maybe leaning a little towards the Jets. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe pulling. Not next week. I'm not. But the uh, the you know, they have Dallas coming up. But right. So you didn't. It wasn't enough to. The whole scene wasn't enough to have you pull over and and uh, become a little bit Jetsy. I I'm trying to think of a New York team that I've really pulled for over the years. I can't. Can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Didn't like the Islanders since I was a little kid. And they beat the North Stars in the Stanley Cup. No, wasn't really a Knicks guy. I know Phil Jackson. Obviously, no, you think for sure. it was bad, but well, I was really kind of like the Celtics a little bit when I was younger. So. Yeah, and not really a Knicks. And yeah. So Yankees, obviously, no. I did like the Mets, and I like that '86. That's team. the one. Yeah. I was kind of a straw guy, you know. Yeah, I, right. I, yeah. I was well, that team, that '86 team, they. Talking about star studded, and they seemed like Vince Scully was doing their games every weekend on the Saturday. Yes. So yeah, Strawberry, and I loved watching Lenny Dykstra play. Loved him. And nails, and, and uh, <laughs> obviously Doctor K, and you know. So yeah, they they had some household names back then. Do you? And I got to go through the Jets two deep here, but you know, obviously people in in our neck of the woods. I saw a post going up right away that uh, the. Um, uh, Wentz, Wentz, oh, Wentz, for sure. Wentz, Wentz. So you know, I don't know if that's uh that's going to be a thing. Well, or they're going to need a quarterback. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Oh, the guy's got a little experience. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right? So I, I mean, I would take a flyer. And the last thing you want though is a uh, some type of quarterback controversy. I'm sure. So the <laughs> we tell the inside joke. We've got, yeah, we, tell, we, we have we, our grand puppy most, here. I've got so. the most beautiful dog right on my lap. She smells the nutty bar, yep. and she can't, the dog's kind of be hey, having Jet, that shot. Come here, yeah, Jet. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's food motivated. How how, cool. how how ironic though! I just had a, you a Jets yeah. fan. Yeah, you're kind hey, of a Jet maybe, fan. Maybe that's why he came. So, hey, <laughs> Jet, yeah. go to Grandpa. Yeah, he's uh, he's something. Yeah, he knows. The, he, Jet knows how to hang out with Jack Michaels because Snack Michaels over here. I got a bag of chips right over here. There you go. Got some food stuff over there. Just had a just had a sandwich lunch. Uh, busy show you today. Might have to go to the kennel if this is going to be on a Tuesday. Jet, seriously, you want to talk? <laughs> you, do you want? Do you want? Should we open up a third mic? But boy, I mean, to your point, Achilles not an easy thing to come back. No. You're, you know, forty years old. I that's well, what? Can you imagine four snaps in another uniform, and that's it for him? I just can't imagine that. It, and and he's not going to come back. The uh, one of my daughter's boyfriend tore his oh, yeah. against NDSU uh, in the in the Bison right. game, and I'm watching him. You know, not just as a broadcaster for his team, but as you know, someone that's. You know, it, it ties a family with with daughter Dana. I, I watched the rehab process personally go through that. A football player going through a an Achilles tear, and it's you have to be so committed to it. You've got to be committed to it. You have to be committed to any injury. And and if Aaron Rodgers, Joel Heikamp asked me this today, he said he's done. Right? I mean, he's probably done. I mean, would you come back? You're 39. I said, you know what? To me, he's done. To you, he's done. Derek, to you, he's probably done. You got all the money in the bank. You've got whatever prospects you want. You can be the host of Jeopardy. You, you, whatever the case may be. Maybe you settle down and find a lady and walk in front of the sunset and just wait for the Hall of Fame to call. That's the easy one for civilians. But athletes don't like taking that uni off, Derek. No. Right? If no. they, if they still got that thought in their mind. Well, there's a certain man in Mississippi who's been con- controversial <laughs> lately, often on the field. But uh, yeah, it was tough for him to take that off, and yeah, you know, I, I don't think there's any question they want to hang on as long as they can. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm curious what uh, what's going on, and and, and we're, we're within 24 hours of of the incident, so there's no way that that uh, you know I'm sure Aaron and his camp they're, they're sitting around talking to 
talking to um, doctors and officials and whatever else. The 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 one implication too on that D on, on the situation should uh, should he have met the threshold? I think of sixty five percent games. I think there's draft uh, uh, first and it's second a round. Second round pick yeah. instead of a first, first, which is an unfortunate thing for the Packers, right? Yeah. So there's there's that uh, going on. Yeah, they'll receive the. Uh, uh, the, the second round pick, and I know there are thresholds to meet on that. So we'll that's a, that's a bummer too. Uh, from the American Association playoffs, uh, well, Drew Ward, who is a champion with the Parker Red Redhawks, one of the most beloved guys. What a great human being he is. What did he do last night? Uh, had a walk off two run base knock to help Milwaukee defeat uh, uh, Game One uh, Chicago. And I'm thinking, that boy Drew. <laughs> Drew just whatever team he's going to be on apparently is going to work. To, and Sioux City got an eight-one whatever Kansas City last night. So uh, uh, that's the, that's that series on that. The Twins fall to uh, Tampa Bay. Dick Bramer will be on to chat more about that coming up. And the, the ball was jumping out of the park. Sunny Gray, uh, a little more gray than Sunny. Didn't didn't fill up the zone. Very no, much it yesterday. wasn't. But you know the thing is, you're facing a. And this is one thing I was going to bring up to Dick. You're facing. This is not the most ideal situation because you are facing a team that is, hey, sitting there looking up at the uh, Baltimore Orioles only three games out. It's not inconceivable that they can win that division. So they're going to be going, you know, 100 miles an hour, pedal to the metal here. And so, yeah, the next two games are going to be big. And thank you, San Francisco Giants. This West Coast swing for the uh, Guardians have worked up pretty well for the Twins right now because yeah. we're sitting at the uh, – Speaking of Rodgers and Tom Brady and twelves, right? That's yeah. what we're sitting at for the magic numbers. And 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 when you're when you're behind crooked numbers, when the games are, the games just seem to go faster. It's almost like driving your car when you're low on gas. Yeah. It just seems like it doubles towards the end to empty. And that's where Cleveland is sitting on it as a gas tank. And I think if the season ended today, I believe the Twins would have Texas. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Well. I think those are teams that they can beat, though. I mean, they took, yep. what, three or four for them not too long ago. Right. And, and so, I mean, I think when you look at Toronto and them, it's, it's it's you know, you got three games at home. There's just, you're, you're the favorites. This is set up for you to do well, right? There just shouldn't be no excuses. I think the quicker that they wrap this up, the better, though, so they can set up everything they want for those first three games. Set a rotation, have yep. the feeling going in. We'll uh, discuss more with Dick Bremer coming up on that. The uh, Dr. Phil coming up uh, also around the corner. The uh, there, Jet went to. It's <laughs> so odd to look down. I see a nose climbing up underneath. What yeah. a what a beautiful dog! Is that a pure like golden yeah, it's a golden lab? Retriever. Golden over there golden... again. Uh, yeah, um, I think there's a lot of stuff to talk to Doctor Phil about. No doubt. You know the the Facebook post I put last. Time, I mean, does that make you feel better as a Viking fan knowing that? Ah, oh, yeah, Vikings are zero one, but so is Kansas City. So, was, so are the yeah. Bills. So are the Bengals. Because I think when you're doing your pre season thing you're kind of looking at those four teams maybe not the chargers as much with heber but when you i mean you're talking about when we talk about the future of the quarterbacks those three names get brought up quite a bit yeah. right and they're on one so and they're on one and 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 i know we're one into 17 but i wouldn't be shocked if some divisions well, by the way, our nine win, our nine win divisions that 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 get it done. I want to hear from Chris Jones, or Chiefs fans. Chris Jones, after why why didn't the Hunts get this done before Game One? By the way, ah, I don't I don't get that one whatsoever either. That's a strange thing that they didn't finalize this deal to get ready for Week One against a team that's up and coming. Everyone's talking about in the Lions at home. Yeah, defensive tackle and the Chiefs have a uh, a one year deal. He'll have uh, his some base sal- same base salary nineteen five, 
in fact, by the way, per game makes 1.08. Incentive packages push that, that total value to 25.1. Gets a million dollars for participating in 35% of defensive stats. Uh, snaps gets another million for participating in 50% of the snaps. An existing $1.25 million incentive for reaching 10 sacks. That now increases to $1.75 million if he has 15 uh, sacks. So that's part of the uh, what you're, you're talking about there. We'll step aside. Dick Bremer coming up next. Uh, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Twins back in action tonight in Game 2 of that series. A busy Tuesday. Jack Michael showed Derek Hansen on 740 The Fan. Bumper to bumper. John Krasinski, Johnny Athletic. Isn't there off the school, by the way? Another off day. What kind of school today? system you what got is going, going on, on there? there? You guys on trimester? I don't it's, a know. Deal. it's load management for the teachers. <laughs> Weekdays, 3 to 6.30 p.m. on 740 The Fan. Hey, Jefferson Lines brings you our conversation with Dick Bremer, Jack Michaels, and Derek Hansen with you. Uh, today is the Minnesota Twins in the uh, middle of a series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Game one was last night. Ball kind of jumping out of target field a little bit, uh, Dick Bremer. Good to have you on board. Ball was flying a little bit last night, huh, Dick? Yeah, although I think, to be fair, uh, what we've seen in this homestand is uh, uh, a ball that uh, balls that would be uh, would have been gone in July and August uh, haven't gone out. There have been a lot of balls hit to the warning track. Uh, Royce Lewis's line drive was going to be a home run anywhere, so... Uh, as uh, we begin to creep into fall here, the ball seems to carry a little bit uh, less than it did in the heat of the summer. The exit velo, you're right, on Roy, Royce Lewis's ball was like out. Uh, that got out in a hurry. Cap uh, launched one, too. But back to Royce Lewis. Every time I, I take a peek at Lewis, Dick, he doesn't just hit solo shots. These guys, He's got guys getting on in front of him, and then he's finding, apparently, Dick, uh, pitches that he can drive and barrel on. Huh? And it's really encouraging that uh, while the home run yesterday was a line drive to left, he hits a variety of pitches for a variety of home runs. That's something that Justin Morneau highlighted on one of our telecasts uh, earlier this week, how you know, if the pitch is up and away, he can hit a home run to right field. If it's a breaking ball down and in, he can pull it down the line. If it's a fastball down the middle, he can hit it out to left center or center. And that's a sign of a really good hitter. He's got a really good approach at the plate. Uh, it's one thing to hit the home runs, but if you're hitting one pitch in the same spot for a home run all the time, eventually you're not going to get that pitch anymore. When you look at, I mean, is he the most promising guy that you can remember coming up? I mean, because some guys have come up, get injured, they trade him. I mean, I mean it just I can't remember the excitement for a young player like this for quite some time. Maybe going back to Torrey Hunter. Yeah, and you have to remember now. I don't think he's got uh, what 250 at bats, something like that. So. Uh, when you can make the adjustment to the big leagues and be as productive as he's been uh, immediately, remember he did really well last year in the 50 at-bats he had before he got hurt, uh, that suggests that he's going to have a great, great career. Uh, we see him regularly now hitting third in the Twins lineup, and uh, I, I expect he's going to be a middle-of-the-lineup hitter for the Twins for many years to come. Catching some of Sonny Gray's comments in the post game, and 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 for those fans out there, and you can break this down, Dick. Sonny just says I didn't throw enough, you know, I didn't throw enough strikes, and you know, I I refer to that sometimes you're pitching uphill as opposed to down, as as you do, Dick, and and uh, it's not like for fans, it's not like Sonny wants to go middle middle, but it's something about throwing strikes, being ahead, and working from that position, Dick. And apparently, Sonny didn't didn't have all of that yesterday. No, he you could tell he wasn't very sharp. But then you step back and you look, okay, it was four innings. 
what, 90 pitches, something like that. So that's way too many pitches. But it was four innings and one earned run. And to hear and read Sonny's displeasure with his night's work, that's how demanding he is of himself. And that's what we, as viewers, have grown to expect from him. Uh, he came into the uh, ball game last night with the second lowest ERA in the American League. And as ragged as it looked at times, his ERA actually went down by a couple of points. So uh, he's a great guy to have on the team because he expects so much of himself. And that helps set the bar, you know, high for the next guy. And in the, the case of tonight's game, that'll be Joe Ryan. Baseball's such an interesting sport, isn't it? Intriguing, funny at times when your pitcher can fan fourteen batters, and you think, well, that's going to be a win. Now, baseball doesn't work that way, does it, Dick? And how about the performance of Pablo Lopez the other day? Yeah, so the Twins have had their two aces go the last two games, and they uh, have suffered two losses. And in the case of Lopez, uh, he just looked like uh, if if it was the very end of the season, he could have gone out there for 13, 14 innings. They still wouldn't have hit that sweeper, that breaking ball that he's picked up this year. The real puzzle is with Sonny Gray, who has been so good. And even last night, um, hey, he kept the Twins in the ball game. He gave up a run in the first but left the bases loaded and pitched out of trouble throughout his four innings. But as good as he's been, the Twins have a losing record in his starts because he hasn't gotten any run support. Wow. And so, you know, the lineup's done better since the All-Star break, and Royce Lewis a big part of that. But it really has been an odd season for Sonny Gray. And for Pablo Lopez, he's, uh, you know, uh, they've paid a huge price to get him from the Marlins, and he's paid off. And if the Twins can have any kind of a playoff run at all, Lopez will be in the middle of it. And I think the Twins will look back very favorably on uh, the trade that brought him to Minnesota. Yeah, you mentioned tonight's starter, Joe Ryan. I'm intrigued by this, obviously, coming back off the injury, whatever, just not only for the start, how he's going to do against a very good baseball club, but he really needs to get in a rhythm here as we get into October, too. I mean, this is a, this is a key start for him, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's done much better since he's come off the injured list. The numbers are pretty good. Uh, the one thing that is concerning regarding him, he's given up a lot of home runs, you know, that high fastball that he uses effectively. If it's down in the strike zone, a lot of teams have teed off on it and hit home runs. So if he can find a way to more consistently deliver that pitch up out of the strike zone where you get swings and misses and not uh, you know have it fall into the strike zone, uh, then the home runs will be uh, less frequent and he'll be back to where he was the first couple months of the year. We hate to speculate too much, Dick, uh, but why not? Uh, I mean, we could play the old if the season ended today. And I get it. Cleveland's really going to have to make a push here to, to make a make a run. It's like I was explaining to, to Derek. I said, it's like when your gas tank's starting to get near E. It seems to double fast to empty as opposed to hold on. And that's kind of kind of what happens sometimes in baseball when you just uh, that crooked number behind. You're not gaining really anything. And, and, and if you did it, and say it was Texas that, that Minnesota opens up with, uh, can you envision – Dick, that first playoff series, you know, what that lineup is going to look like, you know, who's going to take the ball in, in, in game one? Because that, that indeed, and, and Derek, you mentioned this, uh, the sooner you can clinch, I guess the sooner you can kind of get your parameters around that, right, Dick? Well, that was a big factor both in 1987 and 1991 that the Twins clinched their playoff spot, a division championship back then, uh, early enough to where in 87 they could set up Viola and Blylevin for the Tiger series. And then they clinched that series early enough. 
so they could just set those guys up again to take on the Cardinals. And the same thing happened in 1991 with the Twins you know, beating the Blue Jays early so Jack Morris could start games 1, 4, and 7. And it looks like the Twins are going to the playoffs, and it looks like they'll have that opportunity. In terms of what the uh, batting order or lineup might look like, yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. We just played, uh, you know, it seemed like half the games in August were against the Texas Rangers, and they, they uh, you know, won five of the seven games the Twins did. So uh, that might be the more favorable matchup, but it changes on a daily basis. It's going to be fascinating to watch. There's a huge series going on right now between the Rangers and the Blue Jays, and it might be that one of those teams will be in the wild card field and, and the uh, other team might not, depending on how that series plays out. For those that don't know on this, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that first uh, series is a best of three, correct, Dick? Right, and if the Twins win the division, and if they don't catch Houston, and there's still a remote chance that that can happen, they have the tiebreaker with Houston, and if Houston were to win the West and the Twins would have the same record, the Twins would actually get a bye hmm. in that first round. But that's unlikely because there's like a six-game difference in the loss column, and we've got, what, 17 games left. So that's probably not going to happen, in which case the Twins would be the third um, seeded divisional winner and they would host the sixth seeded wildcard team uh, in a best of three series all the games two or three being played at target field and that's the caveat on that yeah one and two goodbyes Derek yeah for sure and you know it's it's interesting you, you look at that too then you can really set up your rotation and I think there's you know, that's a long time off which is something that's really unique to baseball what do you think of that I mean have you heard from teams what they think of that I, I know a lot of teams are playing well don't mind getting back in the saddle right away Right, and Justin and I debated that on the air the other night. Uh, to me, to get to and win the World Series, you've got to win, and if you play in the wild card round, you've got to win four series in a row against the best teams in baseball. If you were to get a bye, as the Orioles will, if they win their division, uh, and, and of course the Rays are right behind them three games back, but whoever gets the byes, the top two seeded teams, uh, that's one less series you have to win. You only have to win three if you get a bye in the first round. And I understand the argument. Uh, it's nice to keep playing if you're playing well, uh, and there's some truth to that. But you can get eliminated in that first round, too, if you have to play it. Uh, but if you, you know... Uh, get the bye, then you only have to win three series, and I think I'd prefer that route. And then, the, then the, since we're on this little caveat here, I, there, there's no reseeding, I don't believe, right, Dick? If there happens to be a quote-unquote upset, they don't reseed as far as the numbers. It stays. One one faces the winner of a 4-5, and then whatever the case may be, the 2-3-6 winners, there's no reseeding that happens, I don't believe. Right. I, I believe it's set up so that uh, if the season were to end today, the Twins would play the Rangers, and if they were to win, they would play the Orioles. I believe that's how the the bracket would shape up. But it's you know it's fascinating to follow it. Um, you know, last night I got home from the Twins game and went in the office and watched the end of the Guardians Giants game uh, just to you know see what the Guardians were going to do. The game was really important for the Giants too, and the Giants did win it in extra innings. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, and I know there's a lot of other stuff going on, high school football, college football, the NFL, but if you're a baseball fan, this is the best time of the year. There's no question. This is the best time. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think 
you know, the expansion of playoffs is always kind of a tough thing, but man, you can't argue with all the teams that are relevant here in mid-September, which isn't always the case, right? I mean, many times some teams back in the old days of just the, well, you go back to American and versus national way back when, when the winner won the World Series, but even the two divisions, you know, many times those things can be wrapped up by mid-August, so this does give a little intrigue for sure. Well, it does, and the wild card races in each league are, you know, exhibits A and B for that. Uh, you know, Seattle's been kind of the talk of the second half and how well they played. Well, right now they'd be on the outside looking in. They're a half game out. They played one more game than, uh, say, the the uh, Rays uh, and the Blue Jays, and that game was a loss. So uh, it's fun to watch and look at the standings, take a look at the loss column, and that really is an important thing, and see, you know, uh, how it changes from day to day. And there are the Twins who... You know, even though they've lost the last two games, the magic number's gone down each day, and they've got a chance to whittle that down to nine today if they can win their game and the Giants win theirs again. And and last but not least, uh, Dick, from an overall picture standpoint, you know, we talk about how you know, playoffs and wild cards, additional teams in. Well, teams named New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox aren't. And there used to be the old argument that that if you dislike the Yankees, and most people around possibly do, there used to be the argument, Dick, well, you need the Yankees in there. You got to have the villain. You got to have the villain. Is there a villain? Uh, let's just stay in the American League. Well, maybe Houston. Is there a villain in the American League? I think probably it is Houston. I mean, I, I you know, I think everybody admires how quickly Baltimore uh, built their team that right now has the best record in the American League. Uh, the Rays always garner everybody's respect because they do it in a very unique fashion with hardly any payroll at all. Uh, the Blue Jays have been kind of a disappointment, and they're fighting to find uh, their way into the playoffs. So if you're looking for a villain, yeah, I, I Houston yeah. probably because of the, the, the history that they've had there and the fact that they're the defending champs. Yeah, that makes it. They still get booed, I think. Yeah, and, for and sure. They, I still hear the boos, Dick. Well, Carlos Correa still gets booed. <laughs> and Carlos Correa still gets booed, for goodness sake. Yeah, yeah it's been t- toned down quite a bit, though, over the course of the season. And I tell you what, I'll give Carlos an awful lot of respect. We know his offensive numbers aren't very good, and he made a, a, a unlikely error last night. I think it's just his fifth error of the year. But he, he's hurting. He, you can tell... Uh, his feet are hurting, or his foot is hurting. He's got the plantar fasciitis, mm. but he's out there every day. He's missed, I think, eight games all year long. He understands that this is, uh, uh, no pun intended, this is money time, right, for baseball teams and players. This is when you prove your uh, what you're worth. And he's been out there every day, and it's been tough for him because I personally am, am of the belief that you know his feet are hurting, and that's affected his swing. Uh, I think, you know, similar situation with Byron Buxton and his right leg. Uh, so, uh, by the way, are still hopeful, very hopeful, that Byron will come back uh, and be ready for the playoffs as well. But I give an awful lot of respect for Carlos because it's no fun doing anything when what you're doing causes pain, and he's been dealing with that now for months. You brought up Royce Lewis. My final thought uh, on this for Dick today, we talk about Royce Lewis and the the small amount of at-bats and yet the production that he's shown. When we look back, Dick, at the end of the regular season, you're going, man alive, where would this team have been without A, B, C, and D? Are there a couple names that maybe aren't the vastly popular names that people know that you're going to look back and go, man alive, thank goodness for A, B, and C? Well, and uh, we've talked about this before, I think, 
how in the middle part of the season when the Twins started separating themselves from Cleveland, it wasn't Correa, it wasn't Buxton, it wasn't Polanco. It was, to some degree, Kepler, the veterans. Instead, it was the rookies. It was Royce Lewis, Matt Waller, Eddie Julian. And Julian got a base hit in the ballgame last night. Good for him. But he's an interesting player. He he had an 0 for 13 that he ended in the ballgame last night. But in that 0 for stretch that he had that covered five games, he drew 11 walks. And so you've got a guy who, so far in the big leagues, it looks to be a 270, 280 hitter, also looks like he's going to be a 100-walk-a-year guy with power. And so the Twins, as we've said, they've been in first place almost all year long. But this is a team, I think, uh, to be fair, that's very much in transition with the young players we've seen step up and contribute here in this pennant race. Looks like almost Eddie Julian has a reputation, even from the blue, even for the umpires of, of a good eye. He gets, I see him get borderline pitches called his way that are balls. That, that um, It's almost like that's the reputation that he is now garnering at such a young age. Yeah, and so many times we see him fall behind two strikes, and then uh, you know, you've got a time, uh, time during the at-bat before it ends to get up and, and get something from the fridge because it's, <laughs> uh, it's 0-2 so quick. And right. then it seems like more often than not it's 3-2, and two, and then he, he's got a lot of swing and miss. He's got a lot of strikeouts too, but he's just, an, I think, an ideal leadoff man for this team. Uh, Kirilov's going to get it going here pretty soon. Polanco's going to come back, and and I don't know, frankly, what the ceiling is for Julian defensively at second base. He's improved, but he's just a really interesting player and an unusual player because he's got such a great eye at the plate. Yeah, and like you, I just uh, really appreciate guys with uh, with competitive at bats, and boy, does he have a lot of competitive at-bats. Dick, fantastic. Have a great call tonight. We know you will, Dick, and uh, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week, Dick. Yeah, we'll be in Cincinnati next week. We'll talk to you then. Fantastic. Dick Bremer, his uh, presence presented by Jefferson Lines. Jefferson Lines. Twins and Rays. Joe Ryan tonight. And then I think it's uh, Zach Littell, a reliever turned to start a little bit there for Tampa Bay uh, hmm. going tonight. So we'll see what, uh, what what that game has to bring. You can catch that game on our sister station, KF. G-O. We come back. Is Aaron Rodgers done? Is his career over? Doc Phil joining us next on 740 The Fan. The common man. I'm a 34-year-old listener from southwest Minnesota, and when I first started listening to you, I thought to myself, I don't like this. My tastes have changed since then, just like how I didn't like being spanked as a kid. Weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. on 740 The Fan. Service and value and a whole lot more. You know what you want when you want me. What's up, Doc? Doc, who joins us on Mondays, was in surgery yesterday, so the roundtable pushed to a Tuesday edition. Dr. Phil Johnson, orthopedic surgeon, and I guess the timing is is probably a little more accurate uh, today. I, I, Aaron Rodgers went down yesterday, uh, Dick, and then everybody, of course, becomes a doctor. Uh, everybody becomes an orthopedic surgeon. We're like, oh, that's the... So I was looking at social media, and even one, one doctor actually uh, tweeted out or what have you, says... The minute that happened, his injury appears to be either Lis Frank, if I pronounce that right, foot injury, L-I-S-F-R-A-N-C, ankle sprain, or possibly Achilles. And uh, and sure enough, it was the latter we found out. Uh, his left, a torn, his left Achilles tendon. Uh, first of all, Doc, a Lis Frank foot injury? Explain what that is. Okay. 
Yeah, that wasn't the right mechanism for a list frank. But, but I mean, he was right to bring it up a little bit. Okay. But basically, a list frank injury is, is when you slam your foot right into like the firewall of the car, and the ligaments that hold the the toes called the metatarsals together yep. uh, become torn. Uh-huh. It's a devastating injury. It, it, it's a bad one. Um, my first impression when I saw his foot try and go upwards towards his tibia and that he just couldn't walk on it, I said, that's Achilles. Now, the thing that I do know is that he had problems with that calf during the pre-fall time, too. Mm-hmm. So there's an element, did he have a little Achilles tendinosis, which is what we call degeneration of the tendon, already in play, and this thing just kind of took it to its eventual end, which is rupture of the Achilles. All right, now, so now the question is, you know, what do you do? Um, you know, there's a lot of literature, and I've, and I've done this on all of the Achilles tendons that I've seen in the last five years. I've treated them non-surgically, and they've done very well. Uh, how you do that, you have to make a special brace, and you keep the foot pointed down so that the two endings oppose each other and heal, because it's, it's the, really the only tendon in the body that will heal itself if you give it the right uh, environment. And so that's an option. The other option is they'll probably talk him into surgery. He'll get several opinions about that. Um, But my preference now, because these people have been doing so well, even the young kids with non-surgical treatment of the Achilles, I've really turned my focus on just doing it non-surgically. Because there's a very good study of the University of Western Ontario where I trained, where they did a really good randomized study, and there was really no difference. There's no difference in the retear rate. The only difference was the surgery had more complications than the non-surgery. That would be obvious. So here's what the layman, here's what I'd imagine every civilian that's not trained as you are, when they saw that, here, here's what the thought was. Hmm, that's his Achilles. Well, that's it. His career's done. That would be the first thought, I think, of most people going, it's over, he's 39, he's not coming back. Uh, but, but maybe not your first thought. No, and I mean, you, and you remember you're dealing with an elite-level athlete. You know, those guys are wired a little bit differently from the get-go. That's why they're 39 years old and playing at a high level. The question will be, you know, which whether, whichever way he decides to go. And remember, this guy's had two major, really, injuries. I mean, he's broken both clavicles, big um, deals, come back, uh, and come back very well. Did fingers uh, and calves. Had, yeah, and he's had assorted injuries all along the way and is able to work through those. Um you know, he's not the most mobile quarterback, never has been, but he's a great pocket passer, you know, so it may not be as critical if he doesn't get exactly full motion back in that ankle, as long as he can, he can trot around and he can dance around, he'll, he should be fine. And I would think he'll be able to do that. Um, I'm always, I'm always perplexed by these people that throw out that it's nine to 12 months before you recover from an Achilles. Well, that was my next question to you. So surgical or non-surgical, what are we talking about here? I've seen it at six months, and most of my patients are back to full go at six months. Hmm. So I, I, I think they really lay the crepe, because, the black crepe, to, to guard against any type of potential problem happening, whether that's wound healing or infection or the tendon ruptures or whatever. So I, I'm always particularly enamored by that. And, and I can see that in the old days when we just put them in cast, and that's the other thing. You know, you just put them in cast and let them heal. Well, why didn't we learn from that? Take the cast off, start moving them right away, you know, in a protected range, and let that tendon heal naturally, and it and it really does a good job. But when you put them in a cast for six weeks, yeah, all the muscle just shrivels up. So then it takes you about nine months to get it all back. But I I I really think that you know the majority of people will get back to the level they want to get back to within that six month period of time, as long as you know everything goes like a, goes according like like it should. 
you ever, when you were young guys, had the uh, the licorice that they pull out a package and it kind of kind of rolls and rolls, but you got to kind of roll it back out and the it, thinner red vine. Type yeah, thing, those yeah. that red vine. And 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 I don't know why I always feel like this with the Achilles. It just seems like it, it once if it tears or snaps, it it like rolls up, you know, Doc. And 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 I suppose some do, huh? It do, it does a little bit. You see that more in the hand tendons, actually. They'll roll up the ones in the palm, and they, then you got to go find them. And sometimes that's really difficult. So if he it's tore his tendon, it, we're not talking about a roll. If 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 the, if, the, if it came back, no. he tore. If we're just talking yeah. about a uh, okay. Yeah, it's just it's just like uh, uh, probably like take some cotton candy and pull it apart. You know, mm-hmm. that that kind of got two pieces in your hands is what you're looking at. Or, or cotton, which is a little more resistant. Right. But but usually it doesn't roll up the the calf unless it's a chronic situation where they just said, Ah, I'm leaving it alone. I you know, I got I got five miles of fence to get going and I gotta get these you know, that's just the, the people that do that kind of stuff, you know, the cowboys out west. But I think that the reality is I've never really seen one roll up the calf. You know, sometimes they get a little what we call atrophic, but but those are in the chronic situations, not the acute situation. Here's the a situation str- you can use. Here's a strange qu- question, too, about the Achilles. Do they use this at all for Tommy John, that tendon? Uh, no, they used to use it for ACLs, though. Or for ACLs. Maybe that's what I was thinking yep. of, for ACLs. Yep. Yep. They did. No, for Tommy John, Tommy John, typically what they used to use was the palmaris longus of the forearm. Uh-huh. Um, we, oh. I did a couple of them where I used the... Uh, the gracilis in the knee, which is one of the tendons we use for an ACL, and that works really well too. But I'm not aware of anybody that used an Achilles tendon. Probably possible, but never used a uh, allograft Achilles tendon for a Tommy John. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it was. I was chatting with the the athletic trainer at the Red Hawks. We're going through various things. The palmaris longus. Is that what you said? That's a if you, right. Derek. If you take that your your wrist and kind of pull it down, you feel that big oh, yeah. thing that pops oh, yeah, out through that tendon yeah. right there. Yeah, that's... actually, what you want to do to really see is just take your long finger and your thumb and put them together. Oh, you'll see yeah. that little tendon that pops out right there in the middle of your wrist. That's the pulmonary. And that's what they use. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the... well. Uh, so for Aaron Rodgers fans out there, it 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 it's kind of up to him, his team, his desire is uh, is is the rehab um, contained that just uh, I'm talking about dedication to rehab, but. What is the rehab? Rehab's, that... rehab's pretty straightforward, pretty yeah. easy. I mean, you just, no matter which way he goes, you got to have the initial healing phase, which is usually that good six weeks. And then after that, you start working on range of motion. Then you start working on strengthening. Even if they repaired it, I would have him start working on protected range of motion right away so you minimize atrophy or minimize muscle deconditioning in the calf. Um, and, you know, and I'm sure he's going to get several opinions. I know the Hospital for Special Surgery, I think, is the team physician for them. And those guys are great, so they'll have plenty of options for him, whatever he decides to do. Um, There's probably probably a good likelihood that you know he'll he'll have surgery, and then that can maybe slowly accelerate his rehab, but not by much. You still have to let it heal. Um, But you know, the question will be: Will he recover well enough that he can feel that he can play to a level? Uh, that Aaron Rodgers wants to play, and, and he'll determine that, you know. And, and and it may be that you know what this is a season-ending injury, it's a career-ending injury, and he's just done. Or it goes the other way; he's done well, the rehab's gone fine, he's back to his mobility status that he was before the injury. He feels good; he'll go. 
I uh, we'll see where the Jets roll in this. The obvious thing is the Jets are probably going to be on the market looking for quarterbacks. There are boy, there are boys available, including Carson Wentz, Correct. as we talked about. Yeah. That are, would be the one of the no brainers uh, that are out there for for him. Um, well, we'll see which way uh, they go. Joe Flacco, I don't know. There's a. Yeah, I think you know. I don't know about Carson. I think Carson is tainted a little bit, you know, with his injury history. You know, I think people are shying away a little bit because of that. They want somebody durable. They want somebody that can, you know. And 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 I'm not saying anything bad. It's just right. that you know he's had those injury issues, and I think that's what's scaring some teams away. But but I think there's some other quarterbacks out there, and and obviously you know they they need one because they only have one on the practice squad, and I'm not sure what his capabilities are, but. Yeah, they need they need another player, no question. Yeah, what a uh, what a thing the old uh, the old Achilles, and we've seen some injuries already uh, this year. J.K. Dobbins, we talked about, oh, about him too. It, 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 uh, yeah, it happened to him as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. I, I would say, how do you prevent an Achilles injury? Uh, I don't know if can you. Well, there are some that you can. Um, but but some of that is, is is again acutely traumatic. They step on a hole. I mean, I see that a lot in hunting season. Guys will step in a foxhole or something, and, and they tear their Achilles. Um, and, you know, you just can't see that sometimes. Um, Happens in men's league basketball a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. <laughs> and and not only basketball, but racquetball. Yeah. Yep. You know, racquetball. They're reaching for that. You know, for that uh, that power kit or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, there's just some things that you can't quite, you know, prevent. I mean, one way you can do that is you can wear, you know, a little thicker shoe with a higher heel that takes some stress off the Achilles, work on your flexibility, work on your calf strength. But the reality is um, if you get yourself into a situation where that tendon is stretched too far, it's going to give way. Could he have and fallen usually, in a different way, Doc, on that sack? Okay. Could he have fallen in a different way? Well, see, his foot was planted. If you look at the – and ESPN has a great picture, and it's from behind. And you can see his foot in the turf just planted, and that guy is pulling him down to the ground. And it almost gets to the point where the tibia is close to the foot. And and if you look really close, there's a bulge, and I think that's when he ruptured it. And, um, and uh, you know what? Speaking of turf, and I, I should have brought this up with Doc, too, because we're, we're out of time, but uh, there were some tweets going out that were really destroying turf. Saying get rid of it to a, to a point where they're saying, look, they're doing it for soccer. Why not the NFL? You know, they're, they're really going off on on turf, doc. Well, and we know why they have turf because it's easier to manage. And again, you know, you had two major games there in two days. If you would have had a grass field with all the rain that they had, I don't yeah. know if they'd have been able to play the game. But the grass does offer a better cushion. It does offer a better uh, lower resistance, you know, to torque and stress. So, you know, I think half of the fields in the NFL now are grass, right? Yep. Yep. For, for, for a I reason. That, I, think that, I think it's 16 now that are all now, all grass. And, and, and I think the statistics are starting to prove that out, that grass is a little bit more forgiving. The problem with grass in the northern climates is it gets really hard. It gets hard to manage, and it dies. And, and so you're like you're running on asphalt sometimes. But um, so that controversy is out there, and I don't know one way or another which is the best. But – but I know with some of these fields that are multi-purpose, yeah, I mean, you kind of got to have turf in order to make something happen. Yeah, good time to have Doc Phil on with his insight as always, orthopedic surgeon. Doc, uh, we're out of time today, but uh, looking forward to our next conversation. As always, thanks for the knowledge and the insight, my friend. And thanks for the licorice on Saturday. Well, you're welcome. And enjoy the blue turf out in Boise. Speaking of turf, yeah, I'm not only calling a game of turf. It's a blue turf. <laughs> 
at Albertson yeah. Stadium in Boise State. Albertson Stadium. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to have a good early breakfast and, and lock in and tune in to the to Jack and the Gang. Uh, that's a 10 a.m. pregame Central Time on Saturday. Absolutely, and I think you need a picture of yourself on the blue turf. I think I'll probably find a way with Coach Berg and Paul and the crew to maybe <laughs> to maybe accommodate you on that. Uh, good stuff, Doc. I appreciate you as always. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Take care, Brad. It's a great Dr. Phil Johnson joining us, orthopedic surgeon, as he told. Well, there you have it. Uh, not ruling out the fact that that if if it's in the cards for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's a guy that, that is on top of his profession right. saying, you know what, he, he could he could come back. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be just at that age, will he want to? Does that's he want to go thing. through that? I mean, that that's the thing. Does he? Do you have the wherewithal to do it? You've won a Super Bowl. That's a painful injury to come back from. I have had friends. I mentioned men's league <laughs> basketball. He went, you nailed it on and, that. I, as a referee for men's league basketball, yeah. I've seen so many. Of the, does Aaron Rodgers, do you think, feel he owes something to the Jets to come back? You wonder about that too. Uh, is I, there a, I know there's not a, a good question. You know, is there loyalty? Stick around, common man coming up around the corner. Twins and Rays today on, on KFGO Radio. Our thanks to Dick Brammer, Dr. Phil Johnson. We'll do it again. Well, we won't. We'll have twins on tomorrow right here on 740 The Fan. Uh, be good. We'll do it again soon. This is 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, KNFL.